Okay. Who starts the show? Is well, it you? We have really rough transitions right now. That's uh, is it a transition if it's the first thing? He, well, he's got to cut to something. He's got to yeah. start with us, like, awkwardly, whatever. Yeah, this okay, is Okay, so here we are, episode two, right? That's that's episode two that's live-casted. What? That's video. Yeah, so we've we've have some in the vault pre episodes, which yeah. we can reveal when we're famous. Um, but this is officially the second one. So, what do you want to start doing? Talk. Do you want to? Oh yeah. You Should know what we... we could do? We could do fake sponsor ads. If we could. <laughs> we no. We could like. We could be like the secret and manifest what we want, and we could just pick brands we like. Yeah. And advertise for them. Could we get sued doing that? Maybe, cause like, so because people will pull sponsorships. So, I guess you could so, all you can always endorse a product whether they want to hear it or not, right? Yeah. So the only thing might be like, if there were ads, like would a person maybe choose not to advertise on your platform if you were like, like Pepsi wouldn't advertise if you were like always drinking Coke or something? Is that kind of how it would might work? I don't know. Maybe it's not that Maybe, sophisticated. But like, Dr Pepper plays the field. They they partner with uh, Pepsi I, on one continent and Coke in another. Which is really interesting. Yeah. That they managed to negotiate that. Uh, yeah. I have. I used badass. to like Dr Pepper, and then I had it like recently, and I was like, that just tastes like shit. And I don't is know. it because you're less sugar? I, yeah, so I'm, I'm not drinking any soda really. Like the other day, I had, I was a, at a place with fountain drinks, and I had a diet coke from the fountain, and I was, it just was like that's pretty rough. That syrupy, like t- I felt like I could just taste the syrup, you know, concentrate that they put in there. It's like kind of sick, sickly sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. But of course you get used to it after a few, but it's just like, Ew. I'll drink Sprite though. Still, that's like a bloopers. Bloopers, um, yeah. Do you, okay, what, do you want to talk about sure. what we want Should to talk I, about? Yeah. So what's on your mind? Feminism, mm. evolutionary biology, um, and dating and dating strategies. Okay. What do you have? You have a big list. Um, I have familicide. <laughs> All right. It's people that kill their families. Um, Hardcore. <laughs> well, you had feminism. I guess. So. Are those similar? Are those, um, <laughs> those are equally um, equally charged topics. Yeah. Are, um, familicide? are there people on the other side? <laughs> they're I mean, like, oh yeah, it's a great thing. I mean, maybe the people that do it, there's okay. they're justifying it. But anyways, we could explore that topic. Um I w- I was thinking what sense would you be willing to get rid of? Like if you had to choose one of your five senses to get rid of. Oh, okay. That's like um one of those high school, middle school questions you ask your friends. What? <laughs> <laughs> It yeah. totally is one of those okay, things. Okay, but... What would be worse, this or this? Yeah, but this your perception... Okay, 
as an adult, like you can give an actual answer, like a practical answer. Like you know, you know better. Yeah. I mean, why are middle school topics off limits? Uh, uh, okay. Okay. I, I wanted to. Point. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. This actually would relate to your dating. Um, I want to talk about like how much are appearances and first impressions really important, and can you change them once they're set? Um, I was thinking about medical conditions that um, don't have any like medical support like I think like Lyme disease and some other things that are like maybe more mental we could do uh, anti-vaccine okay there's a huge um, I think it's measles or something in the orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn right now there's a bunch of cases of kids uh, so there's that. Um, I also have some complaints about things I witness in public. Okay. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Okay. I'm going to start by that one. I, okay, so... You don't have to talk about now. Just keep going through your agenda. That's my list. That's... Oh, okay. Perfect. Then we can... Okay, you want to so start there? There's just things I observe that... I don't understand that people do, right? Like, just some behavior things. Like, for example, I periodically see, like, white American dads, like, trying to speak Spanish to, like, a service worker, like, at a food restaurant or something. And oh, really? They're just doing this, like, cringy Spanish weird thing. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're trying to do their order in Spanish, and they're just, it's, I don't know. It's, like, not, like, why? <laughs> they don't really know Spanish well enough to do it, and it just feels cringy, and it, like, is weird. Maybe they're going to, to Spain next it's year. It's not, though. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> they're not practicing, because the people that do, they'll ask them if they can speak to them in Spanish. Mm. I've seen that. Okay. Okay, so there's just some kind of like cringy dad vibes that I'm sure. I'm not sure about. The other thing is like another thing with food, when people are ordering and it's like they don't know what they want on their sandwich. I think you're just saying the things that I that <laughs> I what? identify with. I like Wait, this, I don't is this I, you? <laughs> I don't uh, order in Spanish, but it's like I'm too shy to. I know I know some Spanish, but I I don't have the confidence in it to like really to actually order in Spanish. I have to like look up everything that I would say, and at that point, what's the point? Okay. Um, no, I had a uh, a server at I guess bartender server at Cactus who. It's like, yeah, anytime you want to practice, man, go for it. No, that's good. I mean, I don't know. There's something, there's something that feels weird about that. Like, I don't know how to describe it, which is why I was, which is why I brought it up. Okay. Because I mean, I'm hearing like this perfectionist vibe out of you. It's not that it's imperfect. It's like 
someone's at work so there's this there's this thing right like when you're at work and especially if you're serving the public in some way and then somebody traps you by doing stuff and you can't you can't walk away you can't get out of it you just have to like endure whatever it is that they so it feels like disrespectful or something and then you have to deal with it it'd be like flirting with your waitress yeah it feels like a similar vibe like that because um you know i don't know it's just it because to me it also feels kind of ego driven like it's attention seeking like there i've seen people that actually do it to practice or they're fluent and they they actually can speak you know and say what they mean but then there's people that are like just like butchering it and kind of it's just a weird energy like i think there's more beginners than there are like wildly fluent people yeah well also like i tend to value efficiency and straightforwardness sure so that's just like taking the scenic route on ordering your food yeah but i'm just gonna come back to you being judgmental Okay. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that? No, just from last week. But, okay. That's all. <laughs> so is that just like re- like reflecting on last week? No, that was just a note I had from who's, last week. But who's not being judgmental? Are there people not being judgmental? Um, is it a spectrum? Yeah, I think so. Is Jacob going to be looking up Myers-Briggs? God damn it. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> He's like, got me. All right. What's your thing? Do you know what it is? Oh, I something something P. Yeah, because that's not I get a different help. thing every time. What What's what's a combination that you tend... You're probably an N, for sure. You think I'm an N? Yeah. Um, I get INFP a decent amount. Yeah. Um, is that what I am? I also get INTP. Um, I mean, one of my INF- friends back in the day was into socionics, which has a. It's still like sixteen quadrants, but it's slightly different. Yeah, keep this up. Um, something thinking. I think I'm also INFP. Why do they have to make it? I'm either INFP <sighs> or INFJ. I believe is what I. They could just put Wait, 16 go back, things. Go back. <laughs> oh lord. Um anyway, the way that was laid out is was that the absolutely rare one? terrible. Isn't INFP the rare it's a rarer one for There's like eight women things at least. and then anyway. Because Introver- it's introversion versus extroversion. Okay. What? Intuitive versus sensitive. Okay, so what does that have to do with judgmental? I mean, I know one of them is judgmental, but... Yeah, yeah. That's all. So what do you think judgment really is? Oh, man. You brought it up. I didn't want to go there. I think it's kind of... I sort of think of it as like an intuition. Um, It's happening... It's like what your gut reaction is, and then like you really, it's like gut reaction plus ego attached to it. I think 
I think it's like like a like dissonance of expectations or something like like there's there's an expectation yeah. I think that's not met somehow either right, on your right. part or someone else's yeah yeah there's definitely a, a judgment like, call sort of right. like the reason you say something or that it's upsetting is because it's different than what your expectation is yeah yeah or what it maybe what it should be what you should have done I don't know sure um, and that brings me to the other thing that bothers me is when <laughs> I'm on the bus and people that are unsteady stand up before the bus stops and then just like <laughs> trip and fall all over the place. Yeah. And I'm like, just stay seated till it stops. Like they don't, they, but they're also the like anxious type that they're afraid they're not going to make it. The bus I, driver's not going to see. I them. don't get it. I think I don't. <laughs> it's just one of those things like it feels like the harder choice I think that's really what I get at when I'm making these judgment mm. my judgments it's like that feels like a really painful choice that you just made you know like maybe that's everyone what do you mean maybe that's something that everyone has in common with their judgments it's like in their point of view it's such a more difficult choice and that's like, sure it and doesn't you, align with what they're thinking and you could also argue like that me getting attached to the judgment is a painful choice that i'm making sure right it's just like agitation and whatever but like i'm curious about people that are different than me like different lifestyles or different whatever like I have I um I have a high degree of openness you know in the ocean yeah thing um but yeah that's I'm still like god what is what is going on oh I'm I'm just happy that Jacob's looking that up because do you know that's your... better than <laughs> my bricks <laughs> this is like what psychologists actually use today instead of like pop psychology um, i mean it's a, they're all sort of tools like yeah i think the key is not to get too do you know about the enneagram yeah do you know what your numbers are i don't i've looked it up once i was like kind of surprised how it worked kind of decently i think it's the best one for being able to have conversation um, between the different numbers, like how they mm -hmm. relate to each other. So yeah. So I think mine is a one wing nine. I think that's what I remember. But like you can see how ones engage with twos or ones, and it like neutralizes it. So if like I knew that you were a number and I was a number, I could sort of like see our dynamics and um, talk about it a little more meaningfully as opposed to the way the Myers-Briggs is set up, I think. Um, Yeah. Cool. I'm really low on I think I'm low on extroversion and maybe agreeableness or something. My neuroticism is higher than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's not surprising to you, but No, I mean I I think that's one 
it's easy to think like someone's really stable. I think it's like the people who appear stable the most. So what I remember for me is like I'm not in the middle, but I'm like a little to the to the lower side, but I'm more in the middle than I than I thought. Oh, I I think my neuroticism is pretty high. Um, I think my agreeableness is high. My extroversion is closer to the middle than I thought it was. I'm Mine's pretty low, actually. Sort of introverted. I used to think I was super introverted, but I'm, I'm getting better at that. I'm less shy now. Um, conscientiousness, I'm... It's interesting. It's a spontaneous versus I'm, organized. See, I'm like I'm pretty high conscientious and really, really high on openness. Like I'm almost all the way to the end. I want to say I was actually somewhere in the middle in conscientiousness, even though, like, because it says organized, and I don't see myself as an organized person, but I see myself. If you just told me conscientious or not, I would say I'm very conscientious. Yeah, like you're. I think you're pretty purposeful and yeah. thoughtful, right? Yeah. Um, an openness. I don't know. You're probably more middle. You seem like a middle, middle the road openness. kind of person in general. Like you can kind of oscillate and adapt. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll say something about extroversion. Okay. And it's more like meetings. Meetings at work can suck when there's too many people in them. And so I was in an and like a meeting with 18 people on Monday and then or was it yesterday yeah it was yesterday and then another meeting with nine people and it was just really difficult to stay focused one of them was two hours long so we might have cut it short two hours um then the other one was like going on three hours long um so What's your philosophy about meetings? I think fewer, like there's a Forbes answer, and I think it says that ideal size is between five and nine people, and I think even five can be too many. That like it was saying there was some thing about it. There's some negative thing it said about smaller meetings, and that that just totally didn't resonate with me. And I'm sure this came from some study or maybe it didn't. Maybe it was like Harvard Business Review was the original thing. and um, But totally like two people, I think, is great. <laughs> three might be optimal. I think three might be optimal. So like we're having a meeting right now, I guess, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it flows with two, <laughs> with two people and then with nine it's just like people talking over each other um do you think like a good moderator could yeah i don't think enough uh businesses have like moderator type people like someone to enforce the agenda yeah so i find that most agendas are unrealistic timetable wise you can't Mm -hmm. you they're either way too much or they're not there's irrelevant stuff on there yeah um, and then I tend to feel like I'm in environments where people are like too nice, like 
they're not going to cut someone off. They're not going to redirect. It's like, like I would rather have a very like harsh and direct. Yeah. Like meeting style, like just what's like really maximize efficiency, no fluff. But then there's things, I think there's also things that say like you should spend time like talking kind of casually and like, how's everybody doing and whatever. I just, I don't know. That's not me naturally. Like, fine, we can do it. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's fluff is even worse in bigger meetings. Yeah, I think peop- there are people that love meetings. They like talking in meetings. They like Yeah, I mean, I think meetings. that's the problem. It's like when you have a big enough meeting, then it's just the people that like to hear themselves talk, talk. Um, and then sometimes, like, people get there. They get to the point of things, but sometimes it's the point's belabored. or uh, There's not enough... Um, feedback maybe there's a thing we do in one of the meetups i go to where when you agree with someone instead of like raising your hand be like oh yeah i basically agree with that and you just wasted everyone's time um you just do like this the sparkles or jazz hand sparkles yeah um yeah maybe we need more sign language or like signs like you hold up a sign yeah, like, you're just like, yeah. Like, yes, no, stop talking, yeah. whatever. So I just like, try and and nod when I'm like, yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's yeah. Weird. I think, ex- uh, I feel like that's an extroversion thing, maybe. People that, some people really love meetings, just like being with people, kind of. I, like, I would say, to me... Like, I heard a difference between introverts and extroverts. It's, like, what energizes yes. you. Yes. And it's, like, well, a meeting of a bunch of people trains the hell out of me. But <laughs> a meeting of a, a meeting of one person can drain me if we don't get along. And then a meeting. But usually, like, a meeting with someone else that's kind of smart, that's, like, fun to talk to, then those are energizing like if we have productive discussions which like this is this is that for this bill yeah i'd say (laughs) if this is draining then we have definitely done something wrong here yeah (laughs) just please jazz hands if this is killing you slowly um yeah there's so many inefficiencies in work environments i don't know if there's even a way to mitigate that when there's like so many people involved like after a certain point yeah it is how it is should we talk about feminism i guess you're you seem to be itching to do Uh, it a little bit what did well because like go for it um because i'm i'm not a woman okay (laughs) i think that feminists don't know that have to haven't agreed on a definition mm-hmm. of what it is and then i guess that's another thing pointing to dating profiles it's like what is 
it's like oh i'm an intersectional feminist and then there's i think that's like supposed to be yeah i just like want things to be better like a little more like equality yeah or yeah human Um, human rights kind of a but it also doesn't say how it intersects um forget there's other types well there's i know there's definitely some women who feel like it should be a like a women's only space like yeah and there's a lot of pushback i think about this idea of like mansplaining and like men trying to come in and talk about something they don't know what they're talking about and there's just no room for that anymore yeah um i think some of the like IDW people will talk about it like that it's basically that there's a lot of in the culture right now of um, like that just being a man is bad <laughs> like yeah yes um, someone brought it up it was like they were talking about Jordan Peterson and how mm-hmm. someone brought it up like a lot of the interviews that people will have with him will start out with like, well, 80% of your audience is male. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like <laughs> that suddenly they're pinning yes. him in a corner because of that. Like that is negative. That, yes. It's like, well, what's wrong. You're saying you're implicitly saying there's something wrong with men. when you yes. say something like that? Yes. Um, So anyway, I would say, well, I would like to know what is, what's a good definition of feminism? Mm. I think the one I've heard is just like um, supporting equality, um, advocacy. So this is from Google, which is citing, I'm not sure which dictionary something yeah uh the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes Mm -hmm. yeah so what does equality of the sexes mean well there's there's some there's some issues with because it's hard to have a straightforward conversation with some of the people on the far left because there's a lot of like policing of definitions and trying to control the jargon and um, like not letting pe- some people acknowledge that men are men and women are women. Like people are getting in trouble for saying that. Yeah. Uh, that there are just there is a biological difference. Yes. Yeah, the- and and if we can't if we can't say that, then how can we talk about? Um, what equality would look like. Right. Um, and I don't know why, like, why is it shameful to have, like, two different species of humans? Like, we don't do that with any other species. Do Like, we don't have that prejudice against animals. There's not one breed of dogs. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I guess I'm not quite understanding why we can't just make adaptations in different areas where there seems to be um, inequality 
and make adjustments just like you would do um, for people that have a disability or some kind of physical limitation or whatever and yeah. you make you can adapt yep. to so you can fit into whatever this sort of able-bodied world that we have structured I don't know I don't see that I don't really see what the hang-up is um, and I also don't understand the strategy of the victim becoming the oppressor. Okay, so if women mm. have been um, historically victimized by men, which is true, um, so why does it make sense to suddenly become the perpetrator? And Yeah, it's just like, it feels good. I think it's like, sure. is it just like a vengeance thing? I mean, or? there's like a power, you yeah. can have a power grab with that, I guess. Right, right. But I also don't, I just feel like in general, like excluding someone from the dialogue is not helpful. I don't know if that's ever been like a yeah. good move. Well, yeah, I don't think that labeling men is helpful to the conversation. When you talk about like mansplaining, man spreading toxic masculinity what mm -hmm. are the other things mm -hmm. it's like okay do you want do you want my help like because at the same time you also hear well men need to step up and men right. need to help and it's like right well do you want my help yeah i think there's two different like layers that always have to happen with groups and there has to be some internal changes and and policing and accountability whatever the right words are there has to be some like internal change within among the community. Like I feel like, for example, um, like I don't know, maybe black black community issues. Like there are some conversations that like black people need to have internally, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that those who are affected and in and you know sort of at stake in the community need to have conversations where other people are not involved like yes that i think that's true with every group right every minority group or whatever and in this case women so there are some times where women will need to like be in a group of women but i but then at the same time simultaneously there have to be opportunities for like the collective group to have a dialogue because everybody is involved in some way either directly or indirectly so it doesn't make sense to only have one or the other you know so i i'm not saying it's easy to understand how to define that space but it's like you can't just have it one way right like yeah. i don't know how that would work we're too, like, especially in the United States, like, we have such a unique, I feel like it's a unique challenge that we've accepted where we're really trying to make a lot of diversity work and coexist, like, mm -hmm. like in a way that I don't think most other countries are willing to take on. So that level of diversity is going to require, like, more openness in terms of who can have dialogue and when and how or whatever yeah. but to me like 
the podcast platform or the sort of YouTube space is a great space for that because you can watch other people's conversations. You can right. have people on and have different conversations like between different groups. And so that might be like a way to resolve that. Um, so do you identify yourself as a feminist? And well, I'll start there. No, I would say no. Okay. And I think mainly because um, it's like there isn't like there's too much of an exclusion element, and I feel like the application of the word is not doesn't fall it doesn't translate, you know. So in theory, it's like yes, like I'm advocating for my experience and my particular rights. But I actually would prefer to have a more generalized population advocacy, like people in general, like human rights, I guess. Um, I don't know. There's, there doesn't really feel like any great label to choose. Um, yeah. I think I'm too, I don't know. I always am pretty sympathetic or empathetic with um, the perpetrators as much as the victims, and so I don't. I tend to feel like I don't qualify for some of the like groups, like labels. Like what? What labels? Like I feel like I would advocate as strongly for men as I do women. Mm. You know. Yeah. In a way that doesn't seem like. Um, is how it plays out right in people when people accept the terms yeah so with this topic like what is what's sort of your moral or ethical what's your point of view on like i guess women's rights and what do we what does society need to do mm-hmm. um then I can kind of say what mine is, I guess. Um, I guess I, I feel like my approach would be more concerned with like systemic problems. So, um, like I feel like I'm pretty law abiding. Like I think if you want to, make the law different than you need to actually change the law like you need to create the process that you want and not just do it just do whatever you want like if if that's part of the problem if there are institutional issues like you need to change those and um i think there are a lot of systemic issues that affect more than just women and there's different i think probably different combinations of those groups that are affected in different ways. But um, I think that's kind of my, that would be my lens. So it's like, if we are having an issue with like the police and disproportionately doing whatever to the black community or minority groups, um, then I'm, I'm more interested in like, what is the process? Where's the breakdown? Like, why is that dynamic happening? Instead of focusing on, okay, well, this is like a white black thing, or this is because 
everything seems more it's like more complicated than that maybe yeah and i think more groups tend to be affected than just yeah yeah i think that's somewhat um that that sometimes we try to make it a a culture war or mm-hmm. like a just pit one side against the other instead mm-hmm. of like we are in this together um but yeah i do see a lot of that yeah like i guess another example might be you know the income inequality Mm -hmm. conversation like i would i think i would rather focus on poverty which feels like a bigger issue and i don't know exactly the data of if women are affected more than men in that scope but it's like that feels like a bigger thing to focus on that's like a problem yeah yeah that i would rather address than maybe like ceo salaries between sure. women i mean i don't know right but like that's right. just like how i tend to lean oh you're kind of putting two issues together like uh Oh, okay. Like, so are you saying income disparity between men and women? Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, I guess I I tend to, like, want to pivot to a different perspective on it. It, It's like it never feels like maybe the bigger thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, less of a thing if, if poverty were disproportionately affecting women, then that seems like a problem because poverty is affecting a lot of people I guess yeah, yeah. and it just feels like a more urgent issue and it yeah. feels like there's there's just more like negative consequences or something yeah um, or homelessness or I mean I don't know education different uh, there's just so many different things that I yeah that's I mean I'm just trying to wrap my head around poverty being a bigger issue than income inequality. It seems like that should be the case. Yeah, and and maybe like maybe people are right, like maybe I'm missing something. Like maybe we should be talking about the differences between more high performing like men and women and income differences between them and the jobs and everything but I just I mean I feel like that's affecting white people more than it is right like minorities and more people would benefit from energy being focused into that poverty or homelessness or something like and you could also like come at it from the side of addiction or you know, I don't know, incarceration, how that's affecting people. That Those just seem more, like, I don't know what word to use. I don't feel like femini- feminism is inclusive of that mindset, which is why I don't really use that word for yeah. myself. Right. Of course, I'm not anti-feminism, you know. Right. Like, I'm not. But I just, I'm interested in general, like my wiring is about efficiency and systems and like, like general, big, bigger picture processing. So 
it makes sense to me that I would think like that. Yeah. Um, did you ever talk, did you talk about your definition or of, of feminism? Or well, you... so I think there's, it's like, I think the ideal is some sort of dynamic equality. Um, and then that's just gets fuzzy because what do you mean by ni- dynamic? But um, do you mean like it's it's like acknowledging the sex differences, mm-hmm. and then what do you you know what do you do to make the system work better? Right. So, like thinking about the sort of practical or logistical differences between men and women, like what some what a group might need. Yeah. To make it equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think it, I, I think the problem right now is it feels like um, feminists want, a re- I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but feminists want a really literal definition of equality. Yeah. Does that, is that like the vibe you're getting? Um, yeah. The thing I hear a lot is like equity. Yeah. Versus equality. Yeah. And so it means like it, in every cross section, every underrepresented group should um, be, it should always be 50 50 no matter which way you slice the data. And yeah. So, and that leads into other issues with um, like Harvard, right? Discriminating against um, Asian students. Like, what were they doing? Oh, this might be something to look up. (laughs) I forget what it was. They were like um, having, they had different expectations about their test scores or there was some, there was some kind of discrimination about that or how, how they were letting people in or. I think it was something like it was. It's basically like an affirmative action type yes, of thing. Yes. Where um, not just like helping out the minorities, but penalizing the. Yes. Um, so, like, just Asians had really good test scores, so there was some sort of handicapping. Yeah, so. Their scores. Intentionally discriminate, Harvard intentionally discriminating against Asian Americans through a, quote, personal rating score that's used to measure character traits such as courage and likability. And it's just this idea that, like, we have, we should have this formula, this percentage of representation. And this is part of what feminists, I think, are asking for. They're like, we need the same number of women in all the STEM fields. Yeah. And it's like, well, I feel like we've already established that like there are things that men tend to gravitate toward and women tend to gravitate toward and like why I don't know it's not that people can't yeah. it's just like what's wrong with yeah I think there's um, there's a book um, and, and maybe there's just parts that are totally misunderstood and that's why people need to talk about it. like uh, it's called Delusions of Gender. Um, it talks a lot about things that are a societal construct 
or like um, there's a concept of stereotype threat which is basically that men perform uh, but yeah like men will perform better in math and stem fields than women um, but that's a stereotype and then you can neutralize that by like just priming women students that women do just as well in math as men do and then they perform about the same on a test but if you reinforce the stereotype before it then yes. they perform worse yeah and that seems like another more systemic issue like where maybe it's really a problem with the education system or it's like a problem with how we're prepping people and and um what expectations we're creating for how like the path that people take i think i just tend to think like the more diverse options that you have the better like mm -hmm. like letting people test things out and then letting people like have the option to like shift gears if they want to or change their mind or you know not actively discriminating yeah but if but again then that that's another thing is like then is poverty involved like if there's a disproportionate amount of a certain group that's affected by poverty then effect then addressing poverty would more even the playing field right so there's like all those consequences of doing something it's like indirectly instead of forcing like you know kind of like a scripted diversity yeah which is not working right yeah. we've we're sort of we tried that sort of political correctness mm -hmm. diversity numbers yeah uh i think this is a, a jordan peterson thing where he can get himself into trouble with and i think it's more like but it's just a kind of academic wonkiness and it's like you have to say it right otherwise it like really does come off offensive and it's it's about it gets into like stuff with the bell curve we're just like men are bigger risk takers and there's there's like certain things where yeah they take risks and so um they have like a higher dispersion mm -hmm. on the on the bell curve so that means that like the top one percent or top tenth of one percent are going to be all men that at the top it's going to be very disproportionately represented with men right just because you've got two different distributions and two different standard deviations of them so women clustered more around the mm. center is, is kind of the gist of it in a lot of things yeah and and I, I guess I just think, like, if there's criteria for acceptance, like, if there's a certain set of skills you have to have to be a firefighter, and, like, a woman wants to train and do that and, and can can yeah. fulfill the requirements, like, like then she, she becomes a firefighter. Right. If you can do... If you can perform and, and you can you can do sort of these neutral whatever <laughs> expectations are for the job 
then like I think it I think it's accessible right like the opportunity is there but we know that most firefighters are men yeah and I don't feel like we're constructing that like men are built differently and there's like a natural strength component right to their body structure so like it's not that women can't but it's also I don't know like I don't know what's wrong with like we're never gonna have the same yeah I think that (laughs) I mean I think that the sex differences most obviously show up when you get to like physical attributes yeah and it's just I think you can talk about the uh, transgender MMA right. fighters. And yes. It's just like, okay, that seems... Yeah, so that's an issue. And, and Joe Rogan definitely talks about that a lot. Yeah. Um, there's just like a difference in what you're able to do if you're like physiologically built as a man versus a woman. Right. And that it's not a fair fight. Yeah. It's just straight up not a fair fight. And it's not that there are women that can't fight men and train and be competitive. It's like not, that's not what it is. But I, it's, it's hard to understand why we can't acknowledge that there is a difference. Yeah. And that I, I, I'm hopeful that like that mindset kind of passes, like that we, we kind of swing back to the middle. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, like, is yeah, it millennials that are feel, I don't know. thinking this way? I don't know to what extent. It's just like you hear the loudest voices. And sure, so, sure. Um, probably most people are just normal and they're like, yeah, of course there's gender differences. Yeah. And it's It's also like a trendy topic. Yeah. Like, well, I, yeah, I mean, I think people want to be inclusive of transgender people. And they want to be sensitive to that. And we should be more inclusive than we are. And then at the same time, let's not get so pissed off and, like, yeah, become the oppressors. Mm-hmm. of a certain viewpoint or like just something that I don't know it's like when it's not even backed up by evidence or like yeah I also think there's a problem that we have where um, there's no room to like educate someone and like sort of bring them in the fold yeah. of the conversation uh, like it's just like all just we want like drop moments yeah yeah or like if you ask a question maybe like if you're a straight person and you're you're trying to talk to someone about like the lgbtq community um sometimes it it feels like there can be like a judgment or something about that this i think like i should know better or something the way the way you're talking about this is reminding me of when you brought up the thing about white guy speaking spanish to the server <laughs> yeah or like yeah if his interests were pure in that then then it feels judgmental to like to um uh, to judge him harshly for trying to speak spanish 
Can, for like trying to be included. Can you say it? Just say it again <laughs> for me. Which part? For those of us listening that don't know what you're saying exactly. Um, so you earlier yeah. were talking about the, uh, the guy, the guy or... speaking, trying to speak Spanish. Yeah. Uh, and then in this scenario, like mm-hmm. this shutting, it felt like you wanted to shut this guy down for trying to speak spanish and like oh like take on a greater world like maybe he was being trying to be inclusive yeah so that that was kind of my knee knee jerk like it's like oh i kind of don't like where you're going with this um judgment of this guy i just think they're like i'm it's a i think it's a personality clash like this is a type of person that is loud um kind of gregarious um they're probably like not they're probably thinking out loud like they're they're not filtering very much they tend to feel invasive to me like in terms of that presentation so those kind of people doing that it's like like it's the energy of it it's the it feels like Yeah, like maybe that is his intention, but it's also like not, it doesn't feel like it's that pure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in the situation. I can I can get what you mean where someone yeah. would just be like almost troll-like with trying to do it. It's um, like trying too hard maybe. It's like maybe. there's something about that too. I, part of it might it might be kind of the cultural appropriation thing. And then I'm like, I have, I have mixed, I'm not sure where I'm at. I have at mixed feelings that. about that too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think part of it is I also feel there's something about the dynamic of being at work, you know, and it's like, don't make this harder on me yeah. at work. You know what I mean? Like, and then you're like forcing someone to kind of like do this charade with you, even though it's like, it's definitely not the end of the world. Like it's like a few minutes for this person, but, um, I don't know. There's, there's something that like kind of grates me about it, but, but it is like, I, it's true. Like I didn't think about like him, that might be his version of like trying to, make someone feel inclusive included or like be kind of like um welcoming or something in a way like trying to have a camaraderie or yeah support that difference right yeah i mean i'd be intended to give him the benefit of the doubt on that i think i think it's just like that personality type annoys me I don't know. Gotcha. If it's like he. There's nothing he could do. That <laughs> it's just. It's just repulsive. It just manifested in the yeah. Spanish. Right. Which felt worse. Like it's like. Yeah. Just gave me a reason. Okay. But you've also said like he's gregarious, and you generally. Like you, there's something you admire about charming people. And yeah. So what? 
was he just like gregarious but not charming or what's the i think that's true um i just feel like there is like a noise pollution that's hard for me to manage sometimes in public like when people are loud and it feels like they're attention seeking like they like this happens on the bus i i'll i'll like Mm -hmm. see people having a conversation it's like so loud it's like they're talking loud like they want me to look at them and notice it's like that kind of loud you know what i mean when people are acting out or being like the volume level is so high that it requires me to like be a spectator Mm -hmm. and to me that feels really manipulative and i don't want to participate and reinforce that usually right so that it feels more along those lines instead of like that kind of more suave like friendly energetic person yeah and i could be wrong definitely like i could be like splitting hairs on things that aren't there but to me i've i feel like i can tell i can feel a difference and i don't like that like I don't like invade people invading other people's space with noise. Like, but most people don't seem that's like not typically something people care about. I don't think. Sure. Um, but to me, it's like mm, it feels manipulative. Agreed. I don't know. I I also don't feel like it's conscious. Like, no, they're not consciously orchestrating that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's whatever that is, that sort of need to be seen, that um, having a hard time with silence, having a hard time just like being sort of self-sufficient or like not engaging with someone. Sure. Um, Um, We got through a lot. I think we kind of got into the evolutionary biology stuff when we talked about feminism well, so I'm I'm curious that. I'm curious about like your perspective on um people writing that they're feminists on their dating profiles oh yeah I see that everywhere and then it's like you must be a feminist too um and then it, is that like, like the language that people yeah are using? yeah I see that a lot um and it's just like I don't know what you're definition is like i think yeah how are you interpreting that like usually i mean for one thing it's not that distinguishing of a characteristic in seattle to like put that in your profile that you're a feminist especially if you're a woman it's like most most people are here or most women are uh, sure, like the default is not a conservative traditional viewpoint. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to change my opinion based on that, really. Um, Why are people putting it on there? If So we, I think we can all agree that like that's probably I, true. That Yeah. I, well, I think there's a lot of the, just a lot of social justice warrior type people when yeah seattle and um yeah i don't know i i kind of 
have gone I think I've always generally looked at it neutrally and now I'm like it just like it's I don't think saying that my feeling of it is neutral is completely honest with myself that it's like there's something that's just like well there's a like it's just such a feminism is just such a charged word right that it's hard to identify with like even if it's mostly good then like there's the you know the person small fraction that's like are just like bad apples or make a make it a bad name and it's hard to identify with that so it's like you have to identify with everything i don't know maybe that's my perfectionism coming out do you feel like it's sort of a power play to put that on your profile is that like meant to be disarming to men like it's like i'm like a strong female like don't mess with me like Mm. like there's like an expectation of you being more submissive or something maybe so and maybe that's like kind of the that like yeah i'm gonna be the boss of this i think i definitely get some of that it's like i'm gonna wear the pants in this relationship is what that says it's like setting a tone yeah i would think yeah like why else would you use any kind of charged right uh language like that yeah yeah it's the same with like no no trump photos yes yeah you know it's it's just like i do take a step back and it's like man if i were in the south and then someone had like a fuck you if you voted for hillary thing on their profile Mm. it's like this is a dating profile just keep i get like i get for some people politics is important but it's not that important to like the vast fraction of um, well i mean like most maybe not most profiles but a huge fraction like have some really like cutting political stuff they put in there yeah i guess it's just like deal breaker things yeah like i mean and maybe that's what the feminism is also functioning as um yeah it's it's just like not framing the conversation the way that i want to engage in it right i think it's an indicator of like a dynamic that doesn't feel very healthy or like a great first impression like it's like too strong it's it's also not like about dialogue it's not like hey if you voted for trump yeah let's talk about why um you know i don't know right i would rather have that conversation of why and and like yeah something i've thought about putting is if you are um if you are conservative tell me something liberal about yourself Tell me something. Tell me how you are different than like what the mold is for your whichever camp you're in. Right. Because I think most people have a a small part of themselves that's like 
off in a different direction. Like, yeah. Whether it's a formal like policy thing or just an opinion about something. Right. And and I think the bigger question is like, are you allowing other people the freedom of expression? Like, does your point of view allow others to have a different point of view? Because to me, when you write the yes. feminism thing, that's not what that means. Right, right. Like, yeah, I think. And the Trump thing. and Yeah. So that's like saying um, it's this way or the wrong way. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's just having a massive ego. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if people feel, like maybe are aware of this, but it's also just like a, like a defense mechanism, right? It's like if I reject you before you reject me. I don't know if it's some of that. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like well, I wouldn't want him anyways. He's not a feminist, or, right? Right? Like you could kind of yeah. Well, like I wonder how much of it is just filtering out the wrong people anyway or like i've heard things about it's more of pickup culture stuff where people will say like sometimes what is it the women who will start out by expressing themselves it's like oh i'm not gonna hook up with anyone tonight it's like they have to they're the ones that have to say that to themselves to even like sure so it's like they're trying they're kind of putting up that boundary for someone else but they're also putting it up for themselves sure, and sure. then like you know the pickup guys douchey guys are like oh yeah I'm, those women are so easy to pick up or right yeah and i mean sometimes i just feel like that might be like some also virtue signaling it's like i'm a femi- i'm a feminist i have this like moral high ground yeah um i didn't vote for trump I have this moral high ground. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, that's almost, yeah, that virtue signaling is, just feels so empty to me. It's like being a man and saying, hey, I've got a job. Like, <laughs> look, how, you should date me because I've got a job. It's like, yeah, if you look around, pretty, I, a woman would hope that you have a job. Yeah. Um, not to say... I was kind of surprised when I didn't have a job that I still got some dates. So, um, well, you was like a sabbatical. Yeah. It's not like you were. Yeah. It was unemployed by choice, right? Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, that's quite. different. Um, yeah, I think it's like in a way I don't think it's necessarily bad for people to put like a charge language on their dating profile because it just it does let you know that like well that's not it that's not gonna happen right but it's well that was that's sort of part of my first impressions topic that I was thinking of it's like well I just feel like most people are not open to adjusting their initial expectation right like Mm -hmm. like once you've once you've kind of established something right that's kind of it right like I don't know maybe that's fine though maybe people really do know like maybe I give too much benefit of the doubt or something but 
Yeah, I mean, I keep coming back to the, like, authoritative, if, um, shoot, what's that called? Where there's the quadrants, the political, political compass, I think it's called. Um, where instead of left, right, it's like left, right, and up, down. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the vertical axis is authoritarian versus, like, libertarian. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. So I think there are a decent number of people that, yeah, this is also interesting because it says that Hillary Clinton somehow farther right on this image um, than, than Trump. But regardless, I think there's there are people on the left that are high on the authoritarian thing and they don't. I think it's that they don't realize it. Like, they're like, oh, you should yeah. be so fucking inclusive. Well, of course. And you're then, an asshole if you're not well, inclusive. See, that, that's what happens. Like, yeah. when you get to that edge, then suddenly you're functioning the way someone is that's racist. Yeah. Like, you've come full circle. Like, mm -hmm. you're back to the same point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. Jacob's looking something up for us now. Are we learning head. something? Horseshoe theory politics. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. This, that, I, I, I haven't I, heard of this. No, me either. But I, I became aware of it. I self-taught myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this horseshoe theory is feels accurate. That eventually the far left and the far right... Um, oh, that's a beautiful... Yeah, phrase. they... Because I know someone... Like, there was a guy... I used to work with who I felt like he was so far left that he became far right. Yes. And it was yes. Like <laughs> yes. I think that's, I think that's what we're experiencing right now. And maybe that is part of what Trump and the people that voted for Trump has exposed. It really like pushed the left to start acting in ways mm -hmm. that, that really presented right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've heard some of this. Uh, yeah, like free speech stuff on campuses. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I I kind of felt like back then that's like when Ben Shapiro actually was just a total fucking asshole and he didn't really deserve to be on campuses. With but, what? But like I that like I can definitely empathize some with people who didn't want him there. Well, he doesn't he doesn't present in a great way. Like he's like just like kind of a chip on his shoulder fast talking sure whatever he's just like easy to hate i think yeah yeah he had yeah but he has such an openness to it's like he just wants people like people can do what they want to do but not to like infringe on him deciding what he wants to do with yeah. his family or his lifestyle or whatever i i also think he's become more reasonable but oh yeah over I time, think, like yeah, he's, he's about trying change. to be a more like i don't know respectable or well he's talked about changing person. his mind as yeah. he's he's been yeah convinced to like be more but, open maybe it, yeah there was like 
there's a time I think he was on CNN and there was um, a, a trans woman mm-hmm. on there and then he was just like he wouldn't use her pronouns um, it was just like you know and just very disrespectful the whole way through and then I kind of felt like it was about even what like so she the transgender woman said like if you don't stop that it was kind of like she put her hands on it was like if if you don't stop that I don't know call them like deer or something like that then you're gonna leave in a like in an ambulance or something like that and so that was so she threatened him but it was just like man if anyone deserved it in that room it was him well and he like and then he pressed charges on her he pressed charges to like get that or you know to make that a political thing or just like draw attention to it that like yeah, I guess I, I... Like, I kind of feel like it's... It was sort of just what should have happened or, like... It's probably good that got attention. That, yeah, you probably shouldn't threaten people, too, but... Well, yeah. It's like, you know, people get in a fight and it's like, sometimes you're an asshole, you get in a fight and you get punched because you were an asshole. Yeah, it would have been better if you didn't... Like, the two people didn't fight. And What's your? I'm, lo- I'm 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 getting lost in the the length of this <laughs> explanation. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. Okay. I'm saying sometimes people are this short thing. Sometimes people are who get punched deserve it is like the the okay. crux of what I'm saying. And okay. Yes. Then it's like the political correct version of me is coming in and saying oh hell no <laughs> like, no one deserves to be punched um so that that's what i'm i guess okay. like what you just saw me struggle with yeah i'm i may still not be getting it but what i would say is <laughs> i at least appreciate that um he will apologize he will acknowledge when he you know, shouldn't have said something. And he is, he's also willing to have a conversation with a lot of people um, where a lot of conservatives are not, which Mm -hmm. is good. Um, Like, I think he's really interested in the dialogue, but, and, but he has really clear beliefs and like, we know at this point what his belief system is. Um, So it's like not hard to understand. I, I, I guess I like saw the most inflammatory things and then, I saw him give do a Q&A a few years later and I was like oh he's different so I actually don't know <laughs> where he is on everything but he yeah, seems con- like he's trying to be more well, he's like reasonable. conservative Jewish mm-hmm. you know like didn't have sex before he was married mm-hmm. just like like what you would sort of think a traditional kind of yeah. conservative perspective but um, 
I'm I I feel encouraged by there being more people that can have intelligent conversations from conservative and liberal and wherever viewpoints. Yeah. Because I think that is the part that's missing. Like you don't want everybody in an echo chamber with their team and their tribe. And so you need to be able to like have some dialogue. Right. And I think a lot of podcasts are helping with that. And a lot yeah. of um, these uh, like videotaped Q and A things. Sure. Whatever. Sure. So I, I feel like I can give him credit for that. And even Jordan Peterson, like these people that are willing to go on any show and talk yeah, to right. any person, that's pretty incredible. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'd be a good debater, but you know, it's like, that's worth, and my favorite presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, mm-hmm. went on the Ben Shapiro show. Oh, cool. His podcast. Um, and he was the only Democrat that was willing to go on. Interesting. I mean, that's kind of surprising given just Shapiro left Breitbart, right? Like he's, I don't know. I keep coming back to. Was he ever at Breitbart? Yeah, pretty sure. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I thought that was a big thing. Break up. Um. Yeah. Okay. It looks like that's true. Is it? Yeah. Ben Shapiro betrays. The oh, I see. I see. Party readers in the pursuit of Fox News. Ship. Yeah. Um, okay, what were you saying about that? So, oh, I just keep on coming back. Like, I'm a little surprised that, like, he he's becoming more moderate, I guess. And then that still no one wants to talk to him. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. But I, I guess that's, like, he's well, coming towards the center and then everyone else is going more towards the ends of the horseshoe. I, well, I think that's, that's like the consequence of Trump, right? Yeah. So people are maybe going to try too hard in that respect of all like more towards the left than maybe they normally would. I don't know if that's actually true, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more people in the middle is good. That's just me, but, um, or more, more people with nuanced and diverse perspectives on different topics. I think, yes, I, I don't think that your, um, opinion on one issue should be so easily predicted based on your view on another one. Yeah. And that, I mean, ultimately, again, my feeling is like how does your opinion and your policy or how how you want something to function how much does that impede on someone else's um perspective and experience like i just think the more people that can be kind of covered in a process the better like more people benefiting You'll have to explain that. Um, like, if there's like four tech companies that benefit from a policy, like, 
it's not as valuable as like a large population sure. benefiting from something. Yeah, sure. But then I just think we should play tech to... companies control 51% yeah, that's of the a wealth problem. that's in like, politics. That's a problem. I think we should, I yeah, would rather play to it. the masses. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's a hard, that, that, but that's like a struggle with every society, right? The top and the bottom struggling together. Yeah. Um, that's like, we want a story we want a we want a movie we want <laughs> there to be one side against the other well i mean it's like we love gladiator games yeah, and right. fights like we love for people to brawl it out whether it's like physically or like violently or in this other like verbal way right um i think the internet is really fueling that it's like the internet is like gladiator games, right? Mm-hmm. Like our future comment section. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, Hi YouTube. Which is like Russian bots, and then oh, like man. some like angry teenagers, and some of the the left people on the left maybe. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and whoever doesn't like white men privilege. Sure. White male privilege. Sure. Which is you. <laughs> Wait, what about me and white male privilege? I don't know. That's just like a thing to come after, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm... Like devaluing your perspective. Sure. I'm a white male, so... What are you complaining about? Exactly. I should have it so good. Um... Well, you do a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's I've got a head start. Sure, <laughs> sure. You do the maths and the yeah. Um, should we move on to some dating stuff? Go yeah go yeah. Ahead. So this was something I came across. Uh, occasionally, I'll like Google search a dating question, and it'll take me to like like something you should ask someone on a date like uh or what what's a dating no, no, question no. oh it's more more like dating strategy type of thing um, oh i see so this i forgot what got me there um there's like a couple sites out there one of them's like dr nerd love mm-hmm. that has some interesting stuff on it i've seen that this this one was called girls chase so it's like more it's geared towards guys. Um, the guy's kind of like a nerd I in, seen his, in his approach. Okay. Um, and there was like some video. I think he was like pitching his. Um, uh, I guess he's trying to sell something. So like, <laughs> it like he had some video on his site, and it did seem like God, to have some hallmarks of like salesmanship or like clickbait. It's like. You keep saying a lot of things without saying anything. Things, but okay. anyway, within the content, there was some something that he got out there that that resonated, and it was about women can be looking for, and I think it was for men too, but mm-hmm. um, can have different types of dates that they want, and you need to be aware of it, like that they can want a connection date. 
or an arousal date mm. or neither or both um and something struck a chord with that that like oh yeah totally like i see it in the dating profiles where it's just like you know instagram selfie type pictures or it's like look at me is like the only thing that's it says in the picture yeah and it's like oh you're you're just looking to be around you want you want this attention you want well if you're so attractive you're so socially attractive then you don't need a personality Mm -hmm. right that's really what they're using but yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> right. So their currency that is such yeah, a high yeah, value. Yeah, that, yeah, sure. That that's they can get the swipes on them, regardless of what their personality is. Right. Yeah. Which is a, that's a strategy. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the payoff is for that though. Like, are you really? I mean, I guess if you want the like arousal experience, yeah. then that's like really efficient. Right. Right. Because you can, then you can decide, like, that you only want the hottest people responding. Sure. Like, you've got a lot of options, probably. Right. Um, but that that can screen out, like, if they're looking for something else, it can screen out what they do want. Also, like, that's a card you can't play for a while. Like, yeah, you can a very do that small so window of time where you can play that card. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like but, if you want to, go for it, but... Yeah, I mean, some still some of it resonated that like it, it's just like I, you can come across these profiles and it's just like I just want you can tell they just like want someone to entertain them or like oh. that they that it's like they don't have a personality and they they want you to do it for them and that's like so how repulsive i guess whoa okay like, repulsive. <laughs> um how is like how is that coming across like what what are people saying exactly gosh, like how are you getting I, yeah i should have taken better notes um um i mean i think those are the ones that are most likely those types of profiles are the ones that like are most likely to be completely empty or it's like ig colon their instagram name because uh-huh. they're also too cool to say instagram um okay and <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know what was your what was your question again i don't know it was about <laughs> i'm having a hard oh, time following it was you like this. why are they so repulsive and then why i just feel like repulsive was a really strong word i'm just wondering yeah Um, like they're expecting you to entertain them i think i think there's a common yeah it's like i want you to entertain me is i think that's a common expectation i i mean and i think that goes both sides and i think i've been susceptible to that it's like oh i just want like i don't have all the tools that I need to like make myself happy. It's like a codependency thing. It's like, Mm. I don't have all the tools I need. I need you to make me happy. I need you to fill up my cup. Um, so I, I guess at the same, that's like, that's where it's repulsive from my end, seeing it 
and I'm sure like the way that I've presented myself in so many ways has been exactly as repulsive to to other why women. are we saying repulsive because like that was <laughs> like yeah that's the reaction can, can we look up the definition of repulsive and just like see how, <laughs> like how strong that word is arousing intense distaste or, or disgust. disgust yeah like dis like revolting is a synonym mm-hmm. okay yeah like It's just so unattractive to be, like, this person who, like, can't take care of, like, their own amusement. Okay. Okay. Like, that's what they want. It's like, I want you to amuse me. So that is how I feel about these people being loud in public. Yeah. The guy with the Spanish, Mm -hmm. the people being loud on the bus that's the same vibe i'm getting from them like i'm bored sitting here for two minutes i can't sit in silence like look at me and listen to me entertain me be a spectator to my performance Uh uh-huh like that's i feel like that's the same vibes same kind of person interesting i think that's kind of what we're doing here too it's like this is a way for us to get our voice out there It, it well it's entertaining to me to to get to do this wait how i'm just how trying to twist what everything. kind of dots are you connecting here i'm just trying to be like open enough to know that like i could be the bad guy too okay that we're kind of attention seeking by doing a podcast i mean maybe I don't really self-identify as attention-seeking. Yeah. Are you virtue signaling by not being <laughs> attention-seeking? That's that's kind of what I think we're I, doing. I, 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 I sort of caught myself doing that just now. I, I guess I feel like it's important. I, like we talked about this last time a little bit where I just think it's important that more people should be there should be more perspectives on these different topics. Like I'm nervous about the ends of the horseshoe dominating the virtual space. Yeah. And I think we're fairly moderate compared to the rest of the horseshoe or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that we can like positively contribute to that and you know, why not try? Sure. I guess. Sure. But we would, but another thing is we would be having this exact conversation and we've had these conversations in private. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a sincere gesture. That's true. And also I don't need, I don't like need this to happen, right? Like (laughs) it's okay if it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I'd be sad if we're not famous. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be sadder? If we're not famous now that we're doing this, then if we had never tried and then still didn't get famous then. I don't know. This is my best shot so far. Okay. Like, well, we just got to get Oprah as a guest. I would love that. Or I would take Gail. I'd fucking take Gail. 
That's Oprah's best friend. Okay. I don't... Gail, I, if you're listening... My mom used to watch Oprah, and I think the last time I actually saw Oprah on TV was, like, second grade. I mean, Gail's the one that just interviewed... What's his face? Who did Gail just interview? R. Kelly, yes. Do you remember this? Where he freaked out? No. Oh, my gosh. I've got to. You've got a lot. I've got to do. educate myself. You've got Shit. a lot to do. I do. Um. <laughs> anyway, see, these are like the conversations that I'm gonna miss out on things. What do you mean? Oh, just. Oh, see. You gotta talk to people. You gotta yes. have conversations. You gotta sure. Stay informed. Sure. And also, here's another thing that I think is could be helpful for us specifically. Um, doing a podcast is that I feel like people that tend to be talking and doing podcasts and things, they tend to be more extroverted. They tend to be like a more niched personality type. Yeah. Like I feel like we may be filling a gap here. (laughs) Like, like there's some demand for us. Um, I've, I've been very spit happy tonight. So we'll probably get comments about that. So I'm going to own it now. So Um, yeah, I think being videotaped and recorded is going to expose a lot of, uh, Oh yeah. Quirkiness about whatever, however we are, whatever we do. Like I have terrible (laughs) posture and it's something I've been working on for years and it's it's so bad. (laughs) You've been working on it for years. Um, yeah, people will uh, let us know what our problems are. We don't even have yeah. to self-reflect when we're famous. Just in time That's for the busiest. A great point. Yeah. Yeah. And I can always give Didn't you feedback do this if you need it. Okay. If you if you want to hear my judgments about whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah. The older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, I think I can do without feedback. It's. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Why are you playing this? Okay, when you get home, when, later, when we leave your apartment, um, you can watch that because it's pretty outrageous. Um, that, that looked outrageous. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about Bitcoin? I just saw that. Dang. <laughs> That's a harsh I just, transition. I just saw it. Based on this okay, we can talk about Bitcoin. I don't know what I can talk about. Uh, I mean, I understand the concept, and I no, know what I, cryptocurrencies are. What are we discussing? I, I don't know why Coinbase is showing the price right now. <laughs> Bitcoin is down right now. <laughs> oh, are they? And they're sad about it. <laughs> Just. Not found for real. It's a, it's just our internet down right now. Okay, fifty three hundred. Oh man, climbing a little more. Um. Anyway, it had been like covering between like on the low end thirty two hundred, but it's been between like thirty six hundred and four thousand for a while. It's Do like, you have some Bitcoin? I think I have a tiny, tiny amount still. Um. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. 
Anyway. Do you want to buy me some Bitcoin? Not really, no. Okay, then what are we talking about this for? <laughs> uh, I think it'll it'll probably go back down. What? Okay, Why so am I forecasting? I no, think, I don't want to be this guy. I think we could introduce different segments to our podcast. Like if you yeah. want to spontaneously do some like stock market or... Oh yeah, or I mean, cryptocurrency I about, assessments. Yeah, we can do some transitional like news anchor music and sure. segue into your opinion. No, I should probably talk about <laughs> risk parity though. That that's like actually a good strategy. Haha, <laughs> 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 business. Um. Okay, what was it? Risk what? Risk parity. Okay, go. Yeah. Um, Th- this is an opportunity to educate the masses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Um, actually, Tony Robbins talked about it in a book. He interviewed uh, a bunch of wealthy people, mm-hmm. but Ray Dalio was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Ray Dalio did like this on a more massive scale, like um, risk parity, whatever the, that asset allocation is not risk parity um, because it's only two. Anyway, so the idea is... <laughs> that there's like there's basically four different types of risks um that you can encounter and so like there's inflation there's just pure like economic growth there's deflation there's recession and so you want to be prepared for all those different types of seasons Mm -hmm. um, that you can encounter and you want to really um, protect against the downside and all of those. Um, I'm not sure how much it addresses the downside, but it does address like the volatility of those things. And so, of like the different asset classes you can own, stocks are the most volatile. They also are the ones that like have the highest gain. So that's why conventional wisdom is like, yeah, have a lot of stock and then diversify some by having bonds. Um, so the the portfolio um is i think i can get it off the top of my head um it's actually 40 percent long-term bonds 15 percent intermediate term bonds 30 percent stock and then um 15 percent commodities so anyway it's a lot less stock than you think you would need or what's conventionally um advised for but Mm -hmm. you get pretty similar returns over the long term you get less um it might be one it's definitely at least one percentage point it might be up to two um percentage points less in like long-term annualized return which is a lot um but your volatility it's like tiny it's the worst year for that is like on the order of like minus five percent like you know plus or minus five percent it's like i i know it wasn't more than 10 in like the last 40 years um so that's way better than if you had like a 60 percent stock 40 percent bond portfolio back in 2008 you would have lost still a good 30 percent 
of what you had um, at like the peak drawdown. So if like losing if losing money freaks you out, then it's definitely the kind of thing for you. So you kind of need to figure that out for you. Like how risk averse are you? Like I don't think you know until you actually have your skin in the game. I think most people don't know how to make a budget. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like it, it's kind of goes for the problem of like how do I always make sure I make money? And that's pretty close to that. Um, yeah. And it's just like, okay, sometimes there's some things there where it's like systematic and everything loses money. And how much money do you need to save or to acquire as a lump sum in order to like implement this kind of a process in a meaningful way? Um, I, I don't think it's much. Um, can you, there's apps now. Can um, you ballpark it? Like thousands? Less. Like I would 1, say. 1,000? Yeah. I'd, I'd say a thousand probably. Um, like, I think generally people need a um, like safety net first. So so right. So we're assuming that you have like the kind of income where you can spend less than you make, mm -hmm. even if it's paycheck to paycheck, and that you have some kind of emergency fund. Yeah. And then if you have a thousand above that, then you could start this process. Yeah. Um, and, and some people would even advise get like three to six months oh, sure. of living expenses too sure um i think you can kind of accelerate that by investing um so that's not that much a thousand yeah so anyway to um the the thing that's tough about it is just the transaction cost of it like um there's a yeah, I'll put in a, a plug. There's a site called Motif that lets you build your own portfolios. Um, and so you can trade multiple stocks or ETFs in one transaction. Um, and so anyway, you pay like one $10 commission. Mm -hmm. I think it's $20, just kind of high if you do it live, but whatever, you're still trading a bunch of stocks at once instead of like paying ten dollars for each individual right stock right. so that's more accessible um there are other things there's like these new apps there's things like robin hood um, yeah i did some robin hood yeah so i don't know how much um there might be some stuff that like there's diversified types of funds out there mm -hmm. but i don't think there's something that really clones risk parity like in those proportions the other thing is those motifs like on motif it like just stays it, it tracks what you bought and so like if stocks went up a lot then it's like thinks your motif should be balanced with stocks going up a lot mm. instead of like having this implicit like automatic rebalancing so rebalancing is good because it helps reduce your risk um, anyway, that's, that's sort of my short spiel on okay. investing. Do you have more questions? 
No, I wasn't prepared for that topic. Okay. Mentally. (laughs) I think a lot of people like what I said. um, Well, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people. Most people don't have a thousand. Sorry, sorry. You asked me my perspective and then cut me off. Yeah, sorry. I got excited. (laughs) I'm just saying I think a lot of people are not able to just do budget math like i think it's hard i think your budget changes month to month and it changes a lot like probably three months out of the year you've got like some really big expenses that came up that are like not repeating but it's like you need to account for them in some way it's like whatever it's some like man my doctor said i really needed to get an mri so i did and oh that put me out a thousand bucks i think it's just don't go to the doctor probably (laughs) you could do like what i do and go to a chinese Chinese herbalist (laughs) yeah slash doc i also have a doctor like i have a yeah i think Combining Eastern and Western is the best approach. Do you have any doctors that are like both a doctor and an Eastern doctor too? um, That would be cool. So when when I was in Kentucky, I had one of my like family medicine doctors. She stopped doing that and just did acupuncture. Wow. Okay. Because she said that like the results were so much better. It was just a better application of... Huh. treatment interesting so she was so she did the training and then just became exclusively an acupuncturist but she had what, she you know I mean, was a doctor for a long time um i don't know much about acupuncture i think it i've heard it's effective but there's a strong placebo effect as well um have you had it no i haven't well i think like a lot of things um if you kind of mentally decide beforehand that it's like garbage, then it probably won't be as effective, right? Like, I think there's something to be said about that. But whenever I've had acupuncture, one thing I've, well, one thing I've experienced with Eastern medicine is it helps if you're like in tune with yourself, you know, if you can give accurate information, I think is helpful. and if you're willing to like listen to what the recommendation is you know um but anyways when i've had acupuncture you know they are connecting circuits based on like different points on the body for different reasons and um once a circuit is activated like all it has all the needles in all the places like i just remember feeling this like surge of like this like electrical current that was running through that circuit and it was so it was so relaxing i couldn't drive wow it was like more than a high huh yeah that sounds pretty badass it's pretty cool okay and like my experience with the chinese herbs is that um there's like a similar effect where you know, I'm able to kind of tell the the person my, whatever, my symptoms or my issues. And then, like, I've 
I've eradicated several, like a handful of symptoms that I've, some of them I've had my whole life, like 30 years of something, and then it's gone. Yeah. Like no Western doctor could ever touch that. Right. I'm not saying I understand how it works. And one reason I don't feel like it's placebo is because some of the things that it changed, like my body chemistry, I didn't even realize were out of balance yeah i mean like i don't know the diet thing i totally can see i don't think we have enough of an understanding of like how food works and like everyone's got these different sensitivities to food and Mm -hmm. that i can totally see and it seems like it seems like they got it figured out um it was like just the acupuncture i didn't um, what's the other? Oh yeah, like chiropractic stuff. What What do you think about chiropractic? Oh hair? yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of anti chiropractor. Yeah. Um. I just don't. I I feel like there is like a charade and an inflation of what's actually happening. Yeah. Like the way that a chiropractor talks about what they're actually doing, and you know really presenting it like a doctor's office yeah. in a way that I have not experienced people that are doing Eastern medicine. It's not quite that. It's, it's less of a, yeah, the Eastern the ego medicine is, is less of a charade. I think so. I mean, I think the ego, there's something ego about the chiropractors that yeah. I, my, I mean, just my observation, but a lot of people like it. And I mean, I mean, if, if you find a placebo, and whether you realize it or not, like if you find a placebo that's working, I feel like we should exploit placebo as much as you yeah, can. Right. Go but, after the empirical results. Right. But then I also feel like the chiropractor procedures can also hurt. Like they're dealing with your spine and neck and back. Yeah. And it's like feels so fucking risky. It's like, right. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've, I've done chiropractic stuff a few times and I eventually stopped and I was just like, is this doing anything? Um, cause it's for pain, right? It's related to pain. Yeah. And like, I think what I've noticed this last time is like, you know, if I just strengthen my back muscles then that helps more or like yeah it's like for me that's i hunt over a computer screen a lot and you can probably see it not me like that i don't have the best posture so um yeah like there i think there are other lifestyle things that you can do first and like i don't i don't see a chiropractor supporting that like it's not augmenting those things yeah um is it too, it's like quick fix feeling. Sure. It, it's probably better than taking opiates. Yeah, but yeah. I think <laughs> like it's, if you have to I, choose. That's the thing I th- think that there's good evidence for, and that's why they've got a lot of backing. It's like they're better than just popping pills. Yeah, but they're just like popping your spine. Yeah. Um, I also feel like my limited understanding would be that um, 
there's a lot of connection between pain and like maybe mental components that are not physiological. I, yeah. I think we don't quite understand that process very well, you know, like, mm-hmm. like what's really causing pain and you know, is it more, is there some time where it's phantom kind of and not, which leads me to one of my <laughs> topics, which is like medical conditions that don't necessarily have strong, like physiological backing or like they don't understand. Is it Lyme disease that's that way? Is that the one that there's, there, I feel like it is. Should we talk about the Rubik's Cube? No. Okay. <laughs> you put up your No, hands, that's like, like, okay, Lyme disease is an actual infection. We're not doctors, by the way, if you guys haven't guessed. <laughs> no one's listening, so that's, that's we're covered. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I can't remember. There's, there's some, there's some kind of diseases that they're like not real potentially. I, do you know what I'm saying? What am I thinking of? There's something. Maybe we'll psychosomatic. Get, yeah, but they're they're actually manifesting in physical ways. But there's no explanation, and mm-hmm. there's no, and it may just be yeah, it may be more mental or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there. The, that's an interesting concept anyways just to begin with like why is like that how happening? powerful the mind is yeah and the, it just means that we don't really understand the cause and effect of some of these things and right. um and also like you really can benefit from a lifestyle of being in pain mm-hmm. like you can get um Irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> Tuberculosis? <laughs> Just feel... I, oh, that's a good... That's an interesting thing. I feel what, terrible what do you, if that's... What, anyway. <laughs> what do you if think? If IBS is... Yeah, panic and anxiety. Yeah. Um, how much do you think anxiety is really like a choice? This could get you in trouble. Um, I don't think I would say something controversial about it. No, I just because I, I have some ang- anxious. I think everyone's anxious. Um, so, like people that have some really high anxiety, like like yeah. chronic, chronic daily, non-circumstantial oh, okay. anxiety. Okay, and so. All the time. I guess that is, you're trying to get me to say something about. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just like. I mean, you could probably the equivalent tell, of being lazy. You can probably like, tell what I think, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, I to some extent. I'm, yeah, I feel like you're trying to say the thing about like, <laughs> oh, poor people are poor because they're so fucking lazy. <laughs> okay, you said that, not me. <laughs> um, That's. I. I just feel like there are people with anxiety that are benefiting from being anxious. 
they're identifying with it they're getting a certain amount of attention from it they're maybe addicted to like the sort of chemic the chemistry of it like that surge of whatever's happening it's because it's kind of an adrenaline feeling i mean i I think it's kind of like it might be a um benefit from having like a victim kind of mentality is it is it kind of is that where you're going with it? i think so i mean i think part of it is like the narrative the narrative of having anxiety it's it's also a convenient excuse at any time you know yeah um you know when i was younger i had there was a period like a large period of time where i had a lot of anxiety like chronic anxiety and sometimes like panic attack levels right so i realized i remember realizing like when i was in middle school maybe or i was like i can't like sustain this like it is so hard on your system and it is so oppressive feeling like suffocating right like internally totally yeah and so i just remember seeing like there ha- i can't i there has to be a different it's, way and yeah it's I, too I, exhausting yeah i to not do anything yeah and so i just yeah. changed it somehow like i just re rewired or restructured my experience yeah so i i'm not saying everyone's capable of doing that but i i'm wondering like like how much if how much of it is really like something you could change if you if you wanted to but that's an argument you could say for a lot of things i think it's it goes back to like neuroscience type stuff and things i talked about with meditation last time that like so much of what we do is like just hardwired like we've just got these connections that are so strong and it's 85 percent like there's that tiny free will component when you've like had this anxiety your whole life and that's like it's it's a really damn ingrained habit yeah it's all you know you may not even realize there's another option right right so it's just hard to break that cycle so just your neural connections are so strong um but if it's so painful mm-hmm. it's still not painful enough to change yeah for most people right so people that are having it chronically or they and, don't know how like, to to change it it's like what do you, okay yeah. so how do you drop a hot coal that's burning your hand yeah you just do it right right so then to me that comes into play somehow also yeah but i also i also recognize there are things like that like where i'm like holding on to something that i could just drop right like i i totally understand the phenomenon that's happening but for me there's something about this like epidemic of anxiety and depression that there's something I think some people are attached to it and they don't have to be. But it's hard to talk about that because it kind of undervalues that experience for them. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not going so far to say yeah. it's a choice exactly. Yeah, because it starts I don't, getting into like I don't the think PC you would, thing. You wouldn't really choose, right? It's like yeah. you, 
like I don't feel like that's really the right word, but yeah, it's not politically correct. To yeah, you don't say that. Right, you definitely don't want to um, discount what they're going. Right, because I think the pain is real. Like yeah, the, it definitely it's something else is still making it hold on for them. Yes, and yeah, I mean, like I've gotten. I feel like I've made some progress with my anxiety in the last year from meditation or whatever. Like the, I guess it's it's kind of um, the thing about that is this awareness um, aspect of it. So like one of the exercises in the in Headspace, it talks about um, walking and like you like fall into a hole every day or something and then yeah. like one day you, you start having practicing this awareness and then you like huh by habit i'm just walking into this hole so you like are aware you're doing it but you still do it and yeah. like that's a lot of bad habits that we have it's like oh i know i'm doing this but <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna do it anyway yeah because it's just so ingrained it's so hard to resist it um and then you kind of like once you build up enough awareness you're like oh that was like pretty painful that was more painful actually than if i just like made a different choice and i also wonder like there's like a breakdown in the process that happens with our brain where it's like well maybe this time i'll have a different outcome like mm -hmm. i can keep trying this approach yeah because it, it's like it seems like it may feel a certain way or be and then but then you're like oh no wait i forgot like it's never that way right like after you've done it it's like Ugh, no that's not how it goes in real yeah. life so that's just kind of an interesting phenomenon it's like because you're i don't i do feel like we don't do things we don't get something out of yeah like I mean, you benefit even if it's dysfunctional sure sure there's there's something you're getting at. it's a trade-off yeah. yeah something now for something later how are we doing on stuff on your list um we talked about a lot of things how are we doing on time wow already is there anything else you're dying to talk about um no i we talked about everything on my list we went to pretty good depth on it Okay. Oh, you do you want to talk about the Rubik's uh, Cube? Uh, you said that just now. <laughs> like, why is it here? Yeah. I, I just was like, oh, yeah, this Rubik's Cube is on camera right now. Um, well, I was just telling you, so you, this is your Rubik's Cube, and I was yep. just telling you that I don't feel like Rubik's Cubes are solvable, so I, that's my joke is, like, if there's a problem, it's like, oh, well, guess there's no solution like a rubik's cube yeah <laughs> and then i messed it up and you solved it and then you set it down there yeah so that's that's why it's that's it. <laughs> maybe that's the another component we can do like segments of you solving rubik's cubes oh, no, or I product reviews comment below if you want to see us um Jeez. Do product no, I've reviews. Rusty at it, <laughs> and then there's all kinds of YouTube videos you can see people. Solve no, Rubik's I said Cube product reviews. Okay, 
I started listening to the first thing you said and ran with it. And I know. Stopped listening. Okay, well, we're back on track. We can, um, ooh, we can also do unboxings. Do you know about that? Unboxing. Yeah, so people will, um, they'll order a product or order something, and then they'll, like, the video is them opening it up and testing it and using it and reviewing so, it. So I've got, like, a white privilege thing Okay. that I think could resonate with some people um, that also have white privilege. Is that is that our target audience? Because I don't know. Um, nah, I'm, <laughs> I think we I'm might have just been. In a hole here, I think we're demonetized. Sure. YouTube's pretty liberal, so yeah. Um, now we don't get to earn money on this video. <laughs> in the future, like our future selves. Um, oh, it's like when you order something on Amazon and okay. it shows up. It's in this brown box. It's like a. It's sure. like a Christmas present. Sure. And you're like, I do not remember what the hell I ordered on Amazon two what? days ago. Is that real? Yeah. I mean, I think it's real in the same way that it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot what I had for dinner two days ago. What? I can't relate to that. Okay. Is that I'm, white I'm, privilege or is that just like you've got money to burn? And you're just, like, impulse buying. I think it's saying something about impulse buying, which I think correlates with white privilege. I guess you can impulse buy if, even if you... I don't know. I usually... financially set to do it, but... I usually need everything I order on Amazon, so I'm, like, waiting for it. Like, I need it. And everything I have is pretty much functional. Are you ordering fun things? Not really. I've gotten better, um, but I definitely have forgotten. Sometimes it's like I'm ordering multiple functional things, and I'm just like, "Oh, which one is it today?" And, oh, well, that's different. And I've, that's or different. I'll forget. It's like, yeah, I ordered like five things, and I really don't know what they are. But either way, yeah, I'm just saying. Sometimes I forget. Well, anyway, th- this probably is. <laughs> that's if I had to like be skeptical of my own thing, I'd okay. be like, "This is as dumb as the Mandela effect." <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not dumb, because I swear some of those I like. I also had false memories of some of those. Like okay. I was. You know, there is a movie called Shazam now. Yes. The- I saw that, but yeah. I actually, that's one of the ones I remember, like false memoried ones. Also, I can't remember. There were some food ones that was like, I don't want to talk about Jif it. Jif peanut butter. <laughs> the spelling of Jif peanut butter. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, there's one. I think it's about, some of them are about food labels, but okay. I mean, since you hate it so much, we don't have to explore. Is it? Um, I, I'm curious. I just Are we gonna put this up there. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. I mean, I ha- I think the fa- the false. Me- <laughs> I feel like I have that false memory. Um, also, what's the so what it looks people like. were remembering it as Jiffy. Oh really? Yeah, and I actually also have that memory too. Uh, 
Okay. Now, like you were arguing last time, that there are similar terms. Yeah. So like, like Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube. Yes. Yeah, that's, so yeah. there are there are associations that you could just be mixing up. Yeah. Memories. I think it's like a conflation of memories. Sure, but do you think? Are you not intrigued by like the group? think version like how there's so many people that have the same false memory or do you think it's just like one person bringing it up and then other people it's sort of distorting what they were thinking uh, I don't I think that connection's an authentic enough um, I don't remember I, I think that it's like oh they just have this association they're like oh Jiff and Jiffy they're kind of the same and then their brain makes that connection. And yeah, I think just multiple people make the same mistake. Multiple people make the there's same so mistake. There's so many like, people. Mul- yeah, there's so just, many people. Yeah. Because um, like most of those, it's like a fraction of those. Oh yeah, I had the same false memory. Or like, I think it was the Berenstain Bears yep. one. But it's like, I think we talked through it. I was such a young age that how the hell... Can I really trust my, like, three-year-old self? Sure. And I guess we're, like, sort of the first generation that's been able to have this really large collective platform of the internet. So I'm sure there are, like, older versions of similar false memories that people just weren't thinking about or able to talk about as easily unless they read a newspaper somehow. Um, I just think that's an interesting whole interesting concept i mean i'm i don't i'm not attributing it to a glitch or an update in the in the matrix in the matrix um but i'm also i'm i'm so open i'm not opposed to that idea it's like (laughs) yeah no i mean after teaching math it's like you see people make the exact same mistake it feels like you should label those types of mistakes because it's like they multiplied instead of added two numbers. Right. So there is something that is creating like a higher probability of of something happening, either in association or like directions or yeah. some kind of whatever it is because i'm wondering if like jiffy lube font is similar to jiff peanut butter font like is there something that's creating a strong association that we didn't yeah nobody thought about or whatever like is there something else that's you know i don't know yeah i guess those are just weird words what jiffy jiffy and (laughs) dishonest no one talks Wait, what was dishonest? Dishon- they crossed out Jiffy and wrote dishonest. <laughs> I've not had a positive experience at a Jiffy Lube. I feel like they just try to upsell you everything and yeah. take advantage of not knowing about cars, which that's fine. Yeah, we can talk about memory at some point. Yeah. Also, another thing... We should bring on some guests to talk about. We should bring on some experts. Do you have ideas? I I know a guy. Great. Do you think one of us would interview them? Sure. 
as opposed to both of us? Um, I think our... Um, I think our format is good with two people. Like, I think the two of us plus an expert would actually be pretty good. Like, I think we could moderate better. I'm not... I feel like we moderate each other pretty well, but I'm less confident in my ability to like moderate another person like keep it on track got it um yeah i i'm another thing i'm intrigued with is um the idea of i think joe rogan has talked about this but the idea that your experiences might be um like trapped in your cells or your dna and that you can transfer things to you know your offspring or something like for example if you have an experience where you see someone die in a fire or something and then you have a kid and they have that fear they've absorbed that fear like you passed it down to them not because you talked about it but because it's like built into your actual like body yeah that sounds interesting there, I I, yeah, I don't know enough about it at the moment to, like, really expand, but it's just that concept of, um, you know, how much of, and false memories, it's, like, how much of what we're thinking is actually our own thoughts, you know? Yeah. And if you're a sensitive person, like, if you're kind of a sponge person and you're absorbing energy from the people around you, like, am I also absorbing false memories? You know, am I absorbing mm-hmm. that kind of energy somehow that's not mine? Yeah. And then I, I mix it up in my own self and then it becomes like, for example, my judgment of the guy speaking Spanish. Like, could I absorb like absorb some kind of prejudice from someone, a stranger? And then it mm-hmm. kind of like came out. Yeah, that I way. wonder if there's stuff like that with it's like the force of gravity and like when too big planets get close to each other Mm. there's both this like um they both have this force of gravity on each other yes um so i think that's just just talking about energy and like what that looks like yeah i think there's some transfer you're all we're all contaminating each other (laughs) sure or spreading our our purest form whatever anyway um yeah so that's an interesting topic yeah anything else you want to say i think this was a this was a great podcast fire emoji (laughs) star star so maybe our titles are only emojis is that you just told me to use more emojis so i did that was part of my yeah dating dating advice conversation yeah um we don't have an outro. Do we need one? Ah, uh, we'll figure it out. Um. All right. Well, that was a weird, <laughs> a weird thing to do. I was I was hoping to be saved. Maybe I still. Don't. I feel like I just feel like we need. <laughs> Yeah, we just need like a safe word stop word. We just yeah. need to like I, stop. I think it's, it's just like that time we're just passed. like bananas. And bananas. then it stops. Yeah, bananas. <laughs> All right. Bye. We'll talk to you next time. No one's listening. Okay. <laughs>
like I think that should be our theme. It's like that's a, like a parody. Yeah. Do we get snacks now? I think so. Yeah. Let's get snacks. You guys want to go? I want to go to the snacks. Right here, yes! Right here you wanna get some guacamole? Oh, yes, I want that so bad! Okay.